It's our 10th episode, fam. Are you as excited as I am? Maybe it's all the caffeine I've consumed in prep for today, but grab a mug and join me in listening to Cece and Father Raj espresso their well-brewed thoughts with Bob, the Catholic coffee connoisseur. Hear them percolate about failure, excellence, ritual, and the real human connections to coffee. Been waiting for this episode to drop? We know that a latte people have been. This is Famished and Fed. What is up, fam? What's up? What's Hello. up, CC? Hello. What's up? We're joined by Bob today, but as always, my name is Father Raj here on the Famished and Fed podcast with the lovely and beautiful Cecilia Flores. Hello, hello. I'm here. I'm here. She's here. She's got her name listed as CC the Cold Brew Queen. We'll we'll look at that in a second. CW. Yes, CW. And then um, we're joined by Bob. Bob, um, first time guest on the show, but um, he is here today. Welcome, Bob. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Famished and Fed, Bob. Hello. Hello, everybody. I am uh, quite honored to be here. I've chosen to give myself the nickname uh, Catholic Coffee Connoisseur. So, okay. CC, like the Catechism right, of the CCC. Catholic Church. Yeah, CCC. <laughs> There you go. Well, Bob is indeed a coffee connoisseur. That's why we asked him to be on this show. Today's topic, if you haven't figured it out already, is coffee. Um, uh, Cece's the cold brew queen. Bob is the Catholic coffee connoisseur. Um, I, I just put my name as Rev Rajagato. Love that. Like, uh, <laughs> Pretty. It's a great yeah, we try. We, we, if you haven't figured it out yet, we enjoy puns and wordplay on this show. So, um it's more about that than the food and the faith, but that's what we talk about on the show, food and faith. Maybe we can yeah, find I'll... another uh, something about puns that starts with an F. Maybe there's a word <laughs> that can capture yeah. the puns. We, we should. We, we may have to change the title in the future. Famished, fed, and fun, fun. with puns. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, um, but like I said topic for today is coffee if you heard our last podcast we did donuts and we, that was strategic because we wanted to do donuts right up against coffee because that's yes. a wonderful pairing but today uh, we're doing this episode because we wanted to release it just in time for international coffee day which Woo-hoo! is on september 29th and so we can reflect on coffee appreciate coffee and kind of dig deep about what coffee can teach us um but before that um i just wanted to give a little bit of uh, uh, some updates or notes about the podcast because we decided to kind of do this fast turnaround on this episode um we are extending our giveaway that we announced last week so um the friends of the family friends of the family this giveaway um we're extending it one week basically till um till the next podcast drops so you still have more time if you're listening to this now you still have more time to enter this giveaway to receive a friends of the family gift pack that's going to have um, some uh, Famish and Fed swag, some stickers, some of our favorite snacks from previous episodes. And um, 
you get to enter this simply by DMing us on Instagram or emailing us at famineandfed at urbanpicks.com. Uh, email us there or DM us on Instagram with one of two things, either your favorite memory from the podcast in these last 10 episodes or what you enjoy most about this podcast. So do that and um, you're, you'll be entered in the running. And anyone um, who, um, who sends us a message, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be extra generous from last time. Anyone who send I said first 10 last time, but, but uh, I'm going to say anyone who sends us a message uh, right now um, before, um, before I run out, I will, I will uh, <laughs> give stickers. Very oh, generous. They don't have to win them. They just get them. Yeah, if they if Check if that um, uh, while I'm supplies last on this first run of stickers, while Can supplies are last, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna give you some stickers. Oh yay! <laughs> and swag. Ooh, I'm winning you're already. First, you're gonna be the first one who gets the sticker that says, um, "I default to greatness." Ooh, say it again. So. <laughs> uh, maybe a bad choice, Father Raj. Do you have any more humble stickers? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're gonna. <laughs> Thanks, thanks for that insight, Bob. Um, Bob, uh, apparently you listen to the show and you recognize Cece's humility and her, her maybe a little need for that. We but all great. need something. But that was a f- uh, friends of the family giveaway, and uh, we are moving on to back to our topic of coffee. And um, I'm gonna turn it over to Cece, who's gonna uh, handle this next section. Sure. So usually we have our taste test at the end of the show, but because we're doing coffee. And, um, you know, some people have hot coffee. I don't want it to get cold. And, you know, you guys know I I eat my taste test snack the whole show until we get there and then there's nothing left. Anyway, so I figured this is coffee. This is the perfect time to sit down and start off our show with some coffee. So I'm excited. I have my coffee here, but mine's actually cold. So maybe we could start with Bob, who has some hot coffee that way he can drink his warm, well, hot, yeah. hopefully. I don't know how hot it is. Uh, hot and, yeah. So I saved this surprise uh, till we were recording. I was oh, actually able dude. to get the same coffee bean that Cece has. I was in no Sacramento. Way. Yeah, oh. and so I got the Honduras. Uh, yes. Tell me the right way to pronounce the region, Cece. Comayagua. Yeah, what Cece said. So, um, <laughs> so it's a bean from Temple Coffee Roasters in Sacramento. Um, and so uh, the flavor notes are supposed to be caramel, walnut, and raisin. So we'll see if I can get that. Uh, I have two coffees here. Uh, so I have a regular coffee brewed on a Hario V60. So it's a pour-over method. And I also brewed it uh, an espresso using a manual flare espresso maker. Wow. So, uh, wow. What's the, uh, do I just start drinking? the coffee yeah you, you know you can drink and, and uh we don't really we're not professionals here we're not we're not like professional foodies or anything yeah, we, we're um we're average foodies um okay <laughs> i like to talk about food so um yeah. you know you're the professional that's why you're here you're the catholic coffee connoisseur Bob. Catholic yeah. Honey, yeah okay you tell so, us uh, how we're supposed to drink it. To drink it okay uh so i will uh when you're i don't drink coffee like this regularly but when you're doing tastings you're supposed to slurp to let the air pass through, right? So I will, I will slurp, what and I believe I'm supposed to slurp. What is? No, that's good. All like right, our fans will love that. They're gonna, yeah, they're gonna love oh. the, the slurping. Okay, so. okay, okay. So, slurp, so make the slurping slurp sound. Away. Okay. Yeah. Yes, please slurp away. Oh. <laughs> really? 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the coffee's a little mild. Oh, car. Sorry, mm-hmm. there's a little bit stuck in the back of my throat. Let me cough. <coughs> Ooh. So, coffee's a little mild compared to typical flavors. Um, it is very smooth. I was kind of reading the more detailed notes on the website, and it said I've had a very uh, smooth finish. So I am getting that with the pour over, despite the the cough in the back of my throat from the slurping. Um, <laughs> Not too much of a fruity flavor, uh, a very light sweetness. I think that's what they're getting at with the caramel um, and the raisin. And now I will drink a little bit of the espresso to see if I can get more uh, bold flavors, which you typically get in espresso. So this is a good learning moment. Uh, I'm still learning how to make espresso, and I've obviously <laughs> under-extracted the shot. So it's a little sour. It's sour than an espresso shot should be. But um, it still is getting smooth compared to, you know, your typical dark roasted espressos. Um, but yeah, no, a very solid coffee. Uh, a drinkable coffee. I, is that a, I know that's I hate when people are like, oh, <laughs> very pleasant coffee. Like, that doesn't tell you anything. But this is like a coffee you could sip on, and it's a, it's a very comforting coffee. Um I thought yeah. you were going to say you hate when people say, uh, you know, about when they're doing a beer tasting or a wine tasting that when when they say, "Oh, it's a very drinkable beer." It's a very yeah, drinkable exactly. Wine. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't think I've ever heard that expression used until right now. That's why I'm like, "What does that mean? Drinkable?" Yeah, yeah. You figure, you're, you're drinking it. If they're selling it, you can drink it. But yeah, I, I, I get, get where you're, you're going with it. Yeah, yeah. Or a good good mouthfeel is the other one that has a good mouthfeel. Yeah. I had to learn what that was. I learned like, at least that. Oh gosh. Um, awesome. Well, oh my gosh, should uh, I go next? Because I have a cold brew of that same bean. Okay, so I cold totally. brewed mine for how many hours? I can't count. I have no idea. I put this in at like 6 a.m., so a little over 12, maybe 14 hours. I just cold brew it. I know I do my ratio a little bit stronger, so I have a cold brewer. I think what I've read. It says usually it's like one third to something. I don't know if it's a liter or, or whatever the measurement is, but whatever my container is, I like it with a whole cup of grounds, really coarsely ground. Um, so, and you know, I already mixed it because I, <laughs> I didn't do this the right way, but I already mixed it with my creamer. <laughs> I just thought about that, but right. I'm coming upstairs and it's already in the thermos, but. Um, yeah, so I like cold brew in general. Like that's how I like making my coffee. I think it's just very convenient. I prefer cold coffee anyway, and then I hate Wait. like pouring hot coffee right. and ice and stuff. Yeah, rush, Father no, Rush. Real quick, you you don't have anything left of the like pure it's cold all brew? Downstairs. I'm gonna have to run down there and like you you know, take a quick break. Oh, you want we me want to, to do pure uh, flavor? Uh, I will. Uh, I know. I'm going to kind of take Father J. Rem's lead and let people enjoy coffee okay. whichever way they like to enjoy yeah. coffee. There you go. That's fine. But, but you're choosing wrong, CC by choosing creamer, but that's okay. But you enjoy what you enjoy. I do. I'm sorry. Well, see, I, I had some before I poured it in any way. Okay, so... All right, maybe we'll put... No, we'll, we'll maybe enjoy your coffee right now and give us the notes after the fact, but uh, maybe so we'll... we'll it's it delicious, yeah. It's delicious with the creamer. What kind of creamer? Give us some notes I on the creamer. I actually use like it's a mixture of almond and coconut milk. Okay. Yeah. So I know, but I can t- I can taste the flavors though. So like something I do know about. So like this is from a region that I lived in for six years. So I'm very familiar with the coffee 
in Comayagua. I've noticed because I have had Temple Coffee from Honduras before that this tastes similar to another blend they had. I want to say the end of the year last year. I think that was from Santa Rosa. But these don't taste like the blends that I drink when I'm in Honduras, like at all. These are not. And I don't know what that is. Um, it, it's interesting because a lot of the times they're they're more chocolatey notes. Um, they're more sweet. I think the caramel, but like the walnut and the raisin notes that they list. I And I, it definitely, to me, it smells way more floral than it would something I would have at someone's house, like in the mountains. And then like uh, Father Braj knows my husband, their family, they're a coffee family. They grow coffee. That's what they do. And his grandma makes pure like espresso in like this tiny little ceramic cup. And like, she drinks that like 10 times a day. And it's like, it looks like tar, <laughs> but she loves it. And it's delicious. That but it amazing. doesn't, it doesn't remind me of this coffee like it tastes completely different and i don't know if that's just the way that i don't know where they were i think i'm assuming they roast them when they get here i don't really know but it's still good but it is different i would say that i i buy honduran coffee because i like want it to be nostalgic but i've found that a lot of the honduran coffee that i get here doesn't taste like what i remember honduran coffee tastes like so i still bring a lot of coffee back whenever i go to honduras yeah yeah, yeah, when I was in Honduras last summer, it, it, the the coffee it, it definitely tastes uh, different. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I definitely a lot of those um, kind of car- more caramel, chocolatey notes. Uh, I brought some beans back. Uh, you know, I didn't. I I just you know uh, drip coffee did. So um, I'm curious. Uh, to, maybe we can get into this later, CC. But when you were just like looking at the bean, is it significantly lighter compared to what you were looking at in Honduras? Honduras, the right way to say I, it, I think. <laughs> yeah, Honduras. I would have to look. I, I didn't really look too much at the bean because I was kind of in a rush. But the thing is, too, I did a lot of work in the mountains. And Father Raj, he went there in the summer. It's the same thing. A lot of the farmers and the people in general that live in coffee villages, they're roasting their beans like that morning, you know. Yeah, right off the vine. <laughs> they're right off the plant. They're toasting it and they're grinding it in this machine. So it's like, I think the whole processing of it is different. And I know like my husband talks about that a lot about like, it's, you know, the longer you take it between each step, the freshness and the quality of the coffee changes. So I think that yeah. might actually have a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would make yeah, sense. Yeah, we can... We'll totally dig deeper into, you know, the process, especially when we get into uh, your your connoisseurness <laughs> no, no, about- no. now i don't <laughs> know how much of a connoisseur i am when when cc's literally been with the growers man like that is <laughs> that is goals man like that's i live I, with well, the growers well, you know, I, I, we don't i don't always broker deals here on this podcast but do you want to come on mission with us oh not, not that coffee is the reason but you want to come on mission with us in I the mean, future when we go jrem went on a pilgrimage for pizza so i think it's perfectly okay <laughs> if i go on a mission for coffee there we go. There we go. Um, talk to the missus about it. You guys can do it as a as a bonding thing. Um, families come down all the time. I mean, post COVID, we'll have to look at it. But you know, yeah, we'll look at definitely. it. But um, definitely, I have a w- ton of beautiful coffee memories in on mission in Honduras, and um, uh, I won't get into too many of them. Uh, maybe we'll get into some of them later. But let me do my tasting. I didn't mind going last because um, you know, even with the prep before the show, I don't mind going last because uh, hot take. Well, maybe maybe it's not really okay. This is a warm take. Um, I like my liquids warm. 
And I know that's not the best for like, you know, some coffee drinkers will say, no, you got to drink it hot, you know, at the peak of a temperature. But I like, I like warm cocoa. I like warm soup. But I remember like when I told Eddie that I like soupy ice cream, he told me that was scientifically better for the palate. So maybe you also default to greatness. It's possible. I just think um, I'm genetically conditioned to uh, to not enjoy uh, the burning of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's fair. Um, yeah, don't oh be God. too hard on yourself with your temperatures, because I mean, if you, uh, we can, we'll probably get into the coffee cupping later. But when you go through a formal coffee cupping, they tell you to taste it at different temperatures as it cools yeah, down. Mm-hmm. So that makes you're sense. Just finding your sweet point of where you like the coffee flavors so well th- thank you for the the affirmations he's seeing bob and then i'm encouraged by uh, my coffee drinking my warm coffee drinking people will see like my coffee and just sitting on the you know like if i have a meeting and there's a coffee they're like oh do you want to drink your coffee don't let it get cold i'm like no it's okay <laughs> like that's exactly what i'm doing that's exactly what i'm doing um but what i'm drinking today i wasn't able to get the same beans that that cc and bob were uh, able to get um i'm out near uh, in northern california farther from sacramento so um couldn't get temple or any of those but we've got a lot of great roasters out here as i learned in the last couple uh, months so we we've got local um, shops who are roasting their own beans and so i, I went to this coffee company called kaleidoscope Ooh. and um uh so what i have is is a bit of a a medium light roast of a blend of uh, Laotian beans and wow. Guatemalan beans. And I don't know if I've ever had any uh, coffee from Laos before, uh, but the notes um, talked about uh, citrus and floral and then um, earthy, which is always, I'm, I wonder what earthy is, but, uh, and then some, some chocolate, <laughs> chocolate. Like you um, need a new filter. What is earthy? Yeah. I, um, but I, I, you know, umami, maybe they're going for oh. like, you know, a, a heartier kind of flavor, but, um, so I'm drinking this warm. This is just pure drip. Uh, no, no pour over. I don't have uh, the fancy stuff on me now or, um, but so, uh, I enjoy it. Um, it's, um, so I am getting a little bit of the chocolate, you know, that what's really coming through is the citrus. Hmm. Um, so, um, some of that citrus and I, I wonder if that's, um, you know, uh, more significant from the Guatemalan beans or from the, um, Laotian beans, um, but, uh, citrus, and then I'm getting a, a nuttiness, which, hmm. what kind of nut? that might be the earthiness of peanuts actually. Okay. Um, I also I also had um I also made some tilapia earlier with a brown butter peanut sauce and but so so that might be that might be it yeah my lingering from dinner that. yeah um, okay. anyway that, you said I had tilapia earlier <laughs> I did what what I made like I literally made a peanut sauce kind of butter peanut sauce anyway uh, <laughs> so it might not be imagined that note might be imagined or that might be imagined um. I'll post a picture on our social of what I made for dinner um, and how it paired well with my coffee. Yeah. All right. Um, very good. Well, uh, that was fun. We're going to be sip- sipping these along for the rest of the show. Um, but that was our taste test Gosh, uh, right I at the beginning. Mo- permanently move the taste test to the beginning? I just feel like, you know, it's a whole vibe. We'll take a poll. We'll take a poll on the thing. But I think, I think you're going to win. I actually don't mind moving it to the beginning. Um, I, think, I think it's fine. But we'll take a poll. Maybe some Why people want us to get into the topic sooner. 
<laughs> well, I agree, but but we we care about our fans oh, too. Okay, okay, okay. All of our fans out there. If you want us to do the taste test at the beginning, we'll 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 figure it out. <laughs> Next show, we're just going to do it and, and say the fans voted this way. Yeah, that's yeah. true. They can see the poll. Oh, they can. But they can see the poll. We care about our fans. We're going to do whatever we want. And I'm just kidding. We're going to do it. It'll be a combination <laughs> poll on social and personal, personal. You know, that's personal how. polling. Got it. Yeah. Personal it's, polling. Sounds very much. Poll. It's a. Oh, yeah. the percentage? If the fans get twenty percent of the vote, and we have an Raj and Steve get forty percent each. Yeah, issue. all of our all of our um, all of our guests get to vote. All of the, oh, okay. our okay. production crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob, what's your vote? Move the taste test to the beginning. Uh, I mean, if I'm just for practicality, if Cece's already eating at the beginning. For the most part, yeah, have it in the beginning. It's You're so right. awkward. I start commenting on the food that we haven't supposed to be eating yet. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, man, Renz makes a great bread. I don't, I don't know why I know that. It's because I'm eating bread. I missed. I'm sorry. I'm already. It's all right. All right. Moving on with so this is supposed to be our opening question. Uh, Twenty minutes in, but our opening question today is: What is your first coffee memory? Ooh. Um. Uh. Anyone want to go first? What's your first? What's the first memory of coffee? Like drinking it? Yeah, or or if you you have another memory, uh, I can go first. Uh, so I don't know if it's necessarily my first coffee memory, but it's the only one that the earliest one I can think of that's a coffee memory for me. So I guess it is my first coffee memory. So back, uh, you know, in high school, there was this walk or a relay for life, not related to the pro life movement at all. But Relay for Life, uh, which was, uh, you know, to find a cure for American Cancer Society. Yes, American Cancer Society. Yeah. So uh, I remember, you know, we spent the night there and, you know, you would walk laps for fundraising. And there was a little booth with coffee for people, right? Because you're you're late, you're tired, right? And so I've been walking around and I had had coffee with creamer before and... I just remember having this thought as an immature, like freshman, I think, or a sophomore, like, I think real men drink coffee black. And so I was like, let me try like black coffee. <laughs> and so I was, so I had a black coffee and I was like, not bad, not bad at all. <laughs> and so I walked, okay. I, did, I did a couple laps and then I grabbed more coffee and I just kept every couple laps. I got coffee. And by the end of the night, I probably had like, eight of those little styrofoam cups of black coffee and oh my gosh as like a 14 or 15 year old who should have plenty of energy on their own but i just (laughs) i like the warm beverage and i liked the flavor of coffee and so yeah that i think was like the moment where i was like i am a coffee drinker for life because i've been logically conditioned (laughs) at the relay for life (laughs) at the relay for life exactly a coffee drinker for life that's so crazy, Bob. Um, what time did you get to sleep that night? Uh, well, you know, when you're in high school and you're with your friends, you don't really sleep. So that's like an all-nighter, <laughs> I think, too, right? Like the whole that's a good all-nighter event. It's yeah. supposed to be 24 hours the whole event. Yeah. So if you can, well, can, there you go. Can I move to get uh, real men drink coffee black um, made into a sticker or some kind of sweater? <laughs> Awesome. I think the I sticker's love already there, but I don't, I don't, think, I don't think I'm sure somebody out there on oh, Etsy has sure. thought of it. I'm sure. I don't know if we want the sentiment is necessarily one we want to keep promoting. But you're a real man. If you're listening to this, you're a real man. However, you drink your coffee. 
Even that was that was that was a dumb teenage thought, which is completely wrong. So <laughs> even if you drink great. it warm, people, even if you drink your coffee warm, you're a real man. All right, um, uh, Cece, your first childhood memory of coffee, yeah. or first memory of coffee? Doesn't have to be as a child, I guess. That's yeah, probably I know, where I made right? the mistake of the question. Uh, well, you know what's funny? I think my earliest memories of drinking coffee were actually in the Philippines. And okay. when, you know, our, in the morning, we'd come out to the kitchen and there was always like the little empty cups and the big thermos, you know, that plastic thermos with hot water in it. Yeah. And then the little single packet of Copico, which is like Filipino. Was it three, instant, in, three in one? Three in one Copico instant coffee. And that was like every morning and we'd have. I don't know how to say it in Tagalog. We call it bud in Cebuano. Um, suman on the table. We'd have mangoes mm. and then we'd have our coffee ready to mix. And that was just like that. Those are my earliest memories of drinking coffee. I don't think I ever really drank coffee in the States until I was like, yeah, in high school. And I started, you know, my brother worked at Starbucks. So he started like getting drinks for us and like letting us drink coffee. But really, like when we were younger, like I want to say I was like seven or eight, like everybody drank yeah. Three and one for breakfast. Okay, ask tea or the whatever. Yeah, yeah. Is that, is that a commercially available here in the states? We should. It is. Should, yeah, Seafood right. City. Yeah, it still is. You can I buy the packs, and they're all different. It's just one single cups, and you can, you can, um, you know, they're different flavors, but it's like three and one creamer, sugar, coffee, and um, it's perfect, just freeze dried and perfect makes it ratio crazy. already. It's great. Yeah. It's very nostalgic. See, Cece, I don't, I don't know, I don't mean to blow your mind. And well, actually, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong on this, or our, our Filipino listeners can can um, can correct us on this. But I always thought it was Capico, oh my like God. like coffee, like you know, like coffee company, like oh my gosh, Capico. That makes like, perfect sense. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But I just felt but, like Capico. You know, it sounds very tropical. It might be. Who knows? That's true. I have no um, idea. But uh, yes, okay, that's your childhood memory, yeah. Cece. That's a wonderful one. I share it somewhat in that. I remember those three in ones well. Um, and then the other, you know, there's different brands, and you can actually even go into the, like the um, convenience store and just you know grab a bunch of them and and uh, you know be set. Or yes. some they put them in your hotel rooms in the Philippines too. So, mm. um, my earliest memory of of coffee was. Um, uh, God rest her soul. But my grandmother would, uh, she would walk me home from school every, uh, in elementary school, right? And um, and there was this, uh, and we would walk around the neighborhood every now and again, right? And there was a Baskin Robbins nearby, um, you know, in one of the shopping centers. And my parents were always like, "Oh, don't give the kids coffee, right? It's going to stunt their growth, or, um, <laughs> or you know, it's not good for you. Um, you know, coffee's not good for children, and all that." Well, my my grandmother, God bless her, um, and and. You know, I've gone to confession for this or whatever, but I tricked her because at Baskin Robbins, there was this brand new thing that everybody was talking about called Cappuccino Blasts. Do you guys remember this? Oh, yes. Like, yeah. Before Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. But before Starbucks, before any of these frozen drink companies, there was this thing called um, Cappuccino Blast from Baskin Robbins where it was just basically coffee and ice cream or ice or whatever. And I, th- I think I convinced my grandma to buy me one just because it was like, you know, oh, uh, no, no, it's a milkshake. Right? <laughs> <laughs> know, right? She's like, okay, yeah. hey, we're at the ice cream um, store. <gasps> and then she was probably like, why is he so crazy? Like, on the whole way around home, because that, you know, that was, um, 
I think it must have been espresso mixed with the uh, yeah. So um, anyway, that was my first introduction uh, to coffee. That's my first memory, coffee memory. And then from there, I went through phases of you know, you know, Starbucks drink or you know, mixed drinks and um, black coffee and uh, artisan coffee, all these different things. So. Um, you know, we could, we could dedicate whole episodes to, you know, niche coffee or coffee culture in Italy. We could talk about, you know, all these things, but they were just going to talk about coffee in general, celebrating international, um, coffee day. Um, but, um, I want to give a lot of room for our, our guests today and, and CCR are going to, you know, we'll, we'll probably drop in here with questions, but, you know, Bob, uh, part of the reason we, we asked you to come on today is because, um, for those that don't know, Urban Picks had a lot of, uh, we more than just the two pod- podcasts of Truly Universal and Famish and Fed. Uh, there are also some articles on, on the website, you know, all things to all people. So we wanted to cover a bunch of different topics. And, and, and Bob wrote an article about coffee on Urban Picks. So you can check that out. It's called He Brews. Love we that. About that pun. Basic, the the most basic pun, Hebrews, just sitting there. We we enjoy all puns here on Famished and Fed, so um, we'll get into that that article in a little bit. But Bob, why don't you just introduce to us what what is your why do you enjoy coffee? What's your coffee experience? Where does the devotion come from? Um, So yeah, the mic is yours, Bob. Thank you. Uh, So I want to start by saying I don't love coffee. Uh, I adore coffee. I've been, I I got the message very loud and clear. Do not love inanimate things. Uh, But I mean, one could argue it brings you to life, right? Like, so I don't know. Maybe it is animate. So I I strongly, strongly adore coffee. Um, Very good. Yes. So yeah, I mean, I, you know, would drink coffee uh, in college, you know, with the late night study sessions. And um, I think, it started out as uh, so I went to UC Berkeley, right? And there's a decent like you know craft coffee culture there. There's a few you know local roasters there, and you know in college I was trying to like kind of find myself, right? And like you're into you want to try new things, and so coffee like it was a practical thing, and it it was something that could make me unique, right? Like oh I I don't just drink regular coffee, I drink like blue bottle coffee or you know whatever like fancy <laughs> coffee roaster you want to be, right? And so at first it kind of started out as like a uh you know, a, not a status thing, but just something to be different and be cool. And um you know, as I moved into the workforce and uh you know, kind of needed coffee, um I just got tired of, you know, cheap coffee, right? And uh so I started <laughs> wanted to brew my own coffee i wanted to start uh uh you know drinking good coffee but you know on my commute it's a very short commute and there's not even a starbucks on my route so like i didn't really have an option so and you know get it going out of my way to spend four dollars on a coffee cup every morning is just not practical right and so but i but i had i had tasted that like that sweet fruit right the the, the good coffee and i couldn't go back so I had to learn how to do it on my own, right? And so I started picking up all these devices, right? So uh, Chemex, and I started brewing my own coffee. And, um, you know, I kind of I, I kind of talked about this in the article, but I started roasting my own coffee at home. And, like, so, um, yeah. And so coffee just kind of, like, becomes something that, like, I center my trips around. Like, uh, if you if I go to a different city, the first thing I look up is coffee roasters, right? And like, I, I need to start my morning visiting a local coffee roaster and 
and if my wife allows it to try to squeeze it in like in the mid morning <laughs> or in the afternoon right like like i like when i when we when we're talking about our day i like try to, i like i like star on google all the different coffee shops i want to check out right i'm like all right i got to figure out a way to hit the most right and so um yeah and honestly if if there wasn't a negative effect from drinking coffee all day maybe i need to start drinking more decaf coffee but i think i could literally sip coffee like all day i just love mm. love 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 the taste of black coffee like yeah just I, like I, just like cc's grandmother-in-law right like with, yeah. uh, no seriously <laughs> and i today, the day, I, just keep drinking. today yeah. i've had at least like i've had three cups of coffee and i've had i like three espresso shots so it's yeah i love well, coffee. there you go if, Anyone listening? Um, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I adore coffee. I do not love coffee. No, you're good. For anyone, anyone who's listening and wants to be on our future coffee episodes, that's what you have to reach. You have to be able to drink as much as Bob drank in no, one day. No, 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 no. No, no, just kidding. Very good. Awesome, Bob. Anything else that you want to say about, you know, your, your passion, your, your adoring of coffee? Um, no, I mean, I think, uh, the great thing about coffee, you know, when a lot of people, when they think about coffee, they just kind of think like, oh, bitter, right? Like people are just like, oh, when there's coffee, it's bitter, right? But when you're having good coffee, that's like, you know, roasted a little lighter where some thought has been put into it, like coffee is so diverse, right? So we kind of mm-hmm. t- touched on tasting notes earlier, nuttiness, sweetness, fruit, like citrus, berry, right? Like floral, yeah. Floral, right? Like you, you think about these things and it's like, coffee like people when, when i when when i can i can see people's eyes glaze over when i talk about coffee and i'm like oh it's a very fruity coffee and they're like okay what did you add like fruit juice to it you know like like i made a coffee syrup a candy or something right like but no like coffee has like fruit flavors right like um yeah. if if nobody has had uh, there's a very specific ethiopian coffee called uh yerga chef right and like whenever whenever roasters roast it a lot of times it's like there's one roaster that calls it a fruit bomb right and it's like mm. when you when you drink it right it's been brewed right like it hits you in the mouth like it's overwhelming sometimes like the sweetness of a berry in a coffee it's yeah yeah coffee is so diverse and so many different flavors we, no, that's good. That's uh, awesome, Bob. Yeah, go ahead. CC. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I, if if you if if anyone's listening, you haven't checked out Bob's article. I really like you. You got to read it because it's just it's really well written, and I think it kind of talks about like this journey of like you know going through trying to figure out how the heck to make coffee. You know, because <laughs> I think that's another thing we live in like the Keurig world um, and the Nespresso world, and you know, even people don't even know how to operate just like even the basic coffee machine anymore in some instances and i love that you share that because i think in many ways it is kind of like there is a journey with coffee it's father raj kind of alluded to it earlier you know you kind of start drinking by however you were introduced to it and then your flavors kind of change in what you like and i think you know there's something with coffee that it's like, you know, the more you drink, the more you kind of want to taste what's out there. Like, I, I don't mm. know if that's a, like an exaggeration. And I know all food kind of has that. But I think there's something particular about coffee. And especially because within foodie culture, like coffee really is its own like subculture within that. Like you can just go ham, like what you're saying. You can go to all mm. kinds of different roasters. You can go to all kinds of little shops. You can go to ones that also have restaurants and all that to try just so many different kinds 
of coffee. So I just, you know, I, I loved, I really appreciated your article because it talks so much about just like the journey, your own personal like coffee. Yeah. Well, well, let's get into that right now. Um, you know, the, the article, it's, um, it's up there on Urban Picks on their website, um, Hebrews, and you do talk about your journey, but do, summarize the article, why you wrote the article, why you felt um, compelled to do so, Bob. Give us a quick hits of it. Yeah. So, uh, well, reason number one I wrote the article is because the best man at my wedding rents was starting a website and I wanted to contribute and be, be there at the ground floor. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, Rents, uh, producer of this show, you've heard him here before and yeah. and founder of, of Urban Picks, right? So, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I just wanted to talk about coffee because um, I adore coffee. And so, <laughs> uh, um, you know, uh, I, I, I think the real reason I wanted to in- introduce or write the article was to show people that there are like other options out there. Right. And to not be mm-hmm. intimidated. Right. And to not. Uh, to, to like kind of uh, Cece said that it's a journey, right? And you don't have to have it perfect from the beginning. And it's kind of like, um, maybe this is a future podcast or yeah, but like beer, right? Like you, you can't just like drink the super strong, dark 17% triple IPA and just be like, oh, this is great, right? Well, you kind of have to build towards it, right? And so I think with coffee, you know, you kind of like have to establish this baseline of, what coffee is right and kind of like develop your palate towards it um and the uh i wanted to connect the the experience of coffee i think what really drew me to write this article was the ritual of coffee right that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's this um this piece that comes when you're manually bring a cup of coffee like to start your day off with just you know warming up your water grinding your coffee beans like brewing it measuring it and so you know i kind of get into the language of you know i i i might have been a little over dramatic uh talking about uh you know comparing making coffee to jesus transforming water into wine at cana might have been a little dramatic but um you know, there's there's a that's piece. Just Jesus, that's, that's just like Jesus, right? He uses Jewish rhetoric to hyperbolize situations so we yeah. can learn a little bit. So you're really you're really just doing what Jesus does, Bob. Yeah. So that's fine. Thank you, thank you. Um, and so, um, and then I wanted to kind of connect it to my Catholic experience, right? Of how, um, you know, a lot of what you get out of coffee is like there's this effort that has to be put in, right? This effort and care into making a cup of coffee, right? And so you can apply that same thing to your Catholicism or your spirituality, or I think the the specific thing I called that in was uh, attending mass, right? And so um, to not always take coffee at its face value, right? Like I talked in my article a lot about how I messed up initially and I, and I could have given up. I'd be like, oh yeah, coffee sucked. It's just not for me, right? I can't make coffee and just give up, right? But there's there's beauty and truth to be had, right? Um, there's mm-hmm. something worth adoring. Um, mm-hmm. And there's just this growth that comes. Um, and yeah. it takes time. And right? it takes and it time. It takes time. Yeah. You know, and, and we learn from our mistakes that, that um, you know, in it, it Sometimes you journey through the messiness before we get to the promised land, and um, that's actually one of the one of the questions I, I had follow up questions. You, you do talk about doing things very wrongly, um, you know, your first failures at brewing coffee, um, and and you kind of just touched on it there. But uh, I don't know. Can you elaborate more on that? Like, what, what describe what it feels like to have failed before, 
and then that then finally you you brew a good cup of coffee yeah i mean it kind of sucks right like when you mess up because you put in the effort right you feel like you've done everything perfectly mm. you've you're you're like killing yourself and then you start second guessing like where did i go wrong right and you mm. and it's just hard to like get your day started right when you know hey i was expecting this and it it didn't quite happen right and so it's it's a mental hurdle right? and it's disheartening and you and there are days when like especially when i get a specific bean and i just can't like i can't dial it in right like i can tell yeah. the water's mm-hmm. not draining properly i'm not i'm just not hitting it right like i'm not it's just bitter or it's sour and so it's frustrating right but then as you keep working towards it right and and you i I'm a very strong user of uh, Reddit for coffee, right? Like, and mm-hmm. kind of working on the, there's a, the flavor chart, right? Where it tells you, oh, you think your coffee is too bitter. Like, you know, you're using too much water or finer ground, right? And mm-hmm. you keep working and working and making these micro adjustments. And, and eventually, like, you get there. And, and the moment you get there, it's beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. then you may not get there the next day. And you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm, all right, well, like, try <laughs> again, right? Because you know you yeah because you know you've gotten there before right you know it's possible and so and you've done it right and so i think you know when you have when you make that good cup of coffee after multiple failed tries it kind of it makes it a little easier to take like the loss and be like hey at the end of the day it's still coffee still better than starbucks or folgers and i'll try again tomorrow (laughs) you know there you go Uh, and you keep journeying forward right you know to get that that feeling again but to know that there's something better if you if 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 it's just kind of um you know as you talk i uh i can hear the frustration in folks who come uh, to confession repeatedly as as a confessor as, as a priest who listens and uh sometimes we we just look at failures as like that's the end of the story or that's then, you know, we, we get bogged down by it, but, but we know what it feels like. We know what grace feels like and, and we know what, what uh, joy is. And, um, you know, just that desire to say, okay, um, I want that again, even with whatever I've experienced or whatever I'm in right now, mm-hmm. let me, let me put some effort into it. Yeah. I think that is, is definitely a, a lesson on, on virtue, a lesson on getting up, you know, go ahead, go ahead. I'm saying, and there's examples to draw on, right? Like when you mm. when you're trying to make coffee, like if you go have a coffee at a fancy third wave coffee shop, you've tasted good coffee, right? And so I think kind of drawing on that parallel, like we have examples of great mm. Catholicism, right? We have saints, we have something to strive for and to look forward to. Um, yeah, yeah. And I was thinking I, I, too, like I, that when we were talking, you were talking about like how it can be intimidating. Like, because I know I've, I I like going to like new trying new coffee shops and stuff, and I I have a pretty good handle of coffee, so like it doesn't matter if I haven't been there, I can figure out what I'm going to order. But I've taken friends, you know, and sometimes they're like, I want a frappuccino. What the hell am I going to get here, you know? And it's intimidating to people. And I know I have friends who come eat with me and father sometimes and when we start talking about food they're like what is you know and i think there's something about that right with because coffee i think is one of those things like if you go to a new shop and it's not your normal place it's not your starbucks where you already know this is what you get every time it's not your pizza it's not your dutch and you go it's intimidating when it's like you know like temple i think is one that people kind of get intimidated because it is very like you know even fills for some people throws people off the way you have to order so it's like you have to kind of learn 
a new routine. And I think when you compare that to the spiritual life, it is kind of like getting started somewhere new. Like, every, you know, it's like moving communities. When you try a new coffee shop, it's like they kind of do things different here. The coffee tastes yeah. a little different here, but even the way that they interact with me is different here. But, you know, getting over that level of intimidation and just saying like, hey, I know there's good coffee here. I've heard there's good coffee here. Now I just kind of need to take the plunge and just like not remove, right? Like, so like there's, there's a level of humility, I think, involved in that. And also a level of kind of um, courage to just say, okay, I'm just going to like step into this, even though I don't know what this is or how to do this in this space, but I'm going to go for it. So that's what I was thinking when you're talking about. Yeah. Humility. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Try to work it in. Okay. Was it natural? It was until yeah, he said something. Was. Though. <laughs> it's great. Bob, you're welcome back to the show anytime. You're welcome back anytime. Um, I'm going to read a quote here, and, and Bob, if you want to like expand on it and see if you want to react to it, because this is one of my favorite lines from your article, um, and we'll probably post this on social for people to read this as well. But uh, you say, um, the reading you've heard 77 times can abruptly speak directly to your innermost soul, or Psalm 23 can suddenly bring you comfort and peace the 144th time you hear it. Even a bad cup of coffee or boring mass is better than the alternative of no coffee or communion at all, providing the energy you need and setting you down the right path. Um, I thought that was a, a beautiful example of something small and relatable to something like divine and 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 uh, amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I, I'm look. What I'm reacting to right now when I hear that is, you know, you talk about the bad cup of coffee. The boring mass is better than the alternative of no coffee or communion at all. And like, welcome to COVID, right? Like, <laughs> like, well, you know, it's kind of funny because, I mean, not funny, but you know, this is kind of ironic because we've literally kind of had to deal with no mass and no communion at all. And I think we did hit a point in the spiritual life in these last couple of months where people were really starting to realize, you know, like a lot of people... Uh, myself included, you know, if you, there's things that you complain about, about church and about, you know, the mass and about the music at the mass or the preaching at the mass or the way the lector, whatever it is, right? The millions of distractions at the mass or in the ministries and in the groups. And it's like, you know, we kind of had to take a break from all that and just, right, we weren't able to access those things. And I think it kind of... But we wish we had them, right? Like, even even with all that messiness or that brokenness, or I think about it like, yeah, yeah, exactly that quote, if even if, you know, even if all I can get, like, say on a big conference day or wherever I'm traveling and I have a big event going up, even if I can't get a good cup of coffee, a regular cup of coffee it sustains me just exactly like what you're saying in your article, Bob. Soldiers, like, right? I don't care. I'll take yeah. soldiers. It's fine, you know? <laughs> so like, yeah. 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 And so I think, yeah. And I think there's also this part of it where, you know, if you're, if you're on this groove of like, you know, always having good coffee and, and it almost, sometimes you need, you like you need to lose it to appreciate it. Right. Like kind of mm-hmm. working off what you said, you see, like you need to lose it. Like you need to run out of beans and, be drinking, you know, the generic, like mass distributed coffee they have at work before you're like, Oh man, like I'm, I need, I miss that coffee. Right. And so, um, your, your bad cups of coffee don't seem so bad anymore. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. 
Like there's something true to the core. I think that was kind of what I, I took out mm-hmm. of what you were writing. Like there's something at the very base of it that is good and true and to define that. Right. And um, we can always be excellent. We can always strive for excellence, but, but in those moments, sometimes the Lord sustains us in those things that are, are less than amazing, but, um, but still sustaining us. Oh, right. Yeah. And I think all of us has those story have those stories in, in this time. Yeah. Well, you think about like manna, right? I'm sure, you know, manna wasn't a 10 course meal with, you know, steak and gravy and potatoes, but it's sustained and it's sustained for a long period of time. And I think like coffee is kind of like that too, right? Like whether or not it's your favorite coffee, you still want that cup. You're not going to, you know, when you're like what you're saying, you have a big event, you were up all night driving the day before, whatever. You're not, you're not really going to care if there's nothing in front of you, but you know, this really not so good cup of coffee. That's not the one you brewed with the beans that you toasted and all that. You're going to drink it because you know, there's an effect that you're going to get from that. There's a benefit you're going to get for that, regardless of how much you enjoy it. There's still a benefit. Yeah. I mean, when I'm, you know, helping out at retreats and stuff, like, I usually, on a few occasions, I've brought my whole setup, but usually it's just like, you know, that's not, that's not the point of a retreat, right? The point is just to be there and like to be, you know, helping, you know, spiritually, but so I'll drink, I'll drink the folders at retreats and like, and I, and I still value it so much, right? Like I need that warmth and the comfort of coffee. Um, and you know, but it, but there's also this like sacrificial element to it where it's like, Hey, I kind of like offer up my folders when I'm at a retreat. Like, it's like, Hey, like, you know, I, I, I put aside my own like desires and needs. Right. But, but I still need, I still need this like fundamental caffeine uh, to get through my day. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And, and you know that, you know, sooner or later you're going to go home and you're going to get your, your, your high level coffee. So yeah. Instead of getting ice cream after a retreat, Get me a cup of coffee. I'll take it. <laughs> there you and go. it's not forever, right? You know it's not forever. You know that you're looking forward to something different and something better when it's all said and done, right? So Yeah. Totally. Totally. Well, I mean, there's, we could talk about coffee forever. We could, you know, maybe looking at future episodes, we'll talk, we'll dig more into coffee growers and coffee routines and all that fun stuff. Um, we'll talk about different, you know, establishments, maybe. Um, we're actually on our social. So check it out. If you're listening to this podcast, check out our social in the coming week. We're going to be posting stories from um, some of our friends who are baristas <laughs> about their experience being baristas. And, and um, so uh, shout out to, to all of our baristas out there. And on, on that, Coffee Day as we approach it. Be kind to your baristas, you know. Tip well, kind to tip, your barista. well. <laughs> tip well. You know, baristas are people too. To quote one of our friends, um, so <laughs> so be kind to them. Remember, you know, uh, and 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 to remember the growers also and the families who yes. are for providing for for us. And so um, we'll dig deeper into that topic in future episodes. Um, but I'm going to lay out some coffee facts and get you guys' reactions uh, right now um, and see um, what you guys think of coffee. So um, the, the first thing, I think we'll start with the roots of Catholicism and coffee. And so mm. do you guys know the story of, of, of uh, Pope Clement VIII? Have you guys heard of it? Have you guys um, ever no. checked this out? No, no I, I do not. I'm ready for a live oh, reaction. Man. Yeah. Okay. Um, here we go. Well, so um, – so in Europe, uh, coffee wasn't, um, you know, a traditional drink, right? We had, they had tea and they had other things that, that were being imported and whatnot. It was really associated um, with uh, Islam, 
right? The coffee beans and this kind of drink originally. So there are a lot of people, as we've seen in history and in, in, in so many cultures, you know, when something is associated with something you don't understand or you don't uh, appreciate, it can, it can throw you off. So there were lots of people who thought that at the time, right, that, that thought that uh, coffee was, you know, maybe evil or connected to mm. something that wasn't that wasn't great. And so some people wanted the Pope to ban coffee. Can you imagine that? What people? Oh. Those weren't those are not my people. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the time. There were people who was hoping to um to um to make the Pope ban coffee or to declare it a sin or something like that, that it was causing weird um, you know, things in people and all that. Oh my god. But God bless Pope Clement the Eighth. Who, um, you know, who, uh, as all the popes are, who adored coffee. Uh, well, who, who, as all popes were, you know, are uh, infallible on matters of faith and morals. Um, when speaking from the chair of Peter, um, he, he, you know, said, you know what, I'm not going to make a decision. I'm paraphrasing here, but uh, you know, I'm not going to make a decision until I've actually tasted it. Oh, right? this is good. This is what, this was prudence. This is what he said. Um, and so depending on the on the story or how it's passed on, um, there's slight variations on the quote, but I'm going to read you my favorite translation of the quote that he says after, um, after he drank it. He said, uh, even if you call this the devil's drink, which some people are calling it, he said, this devil's drink is delicious. We should cheat the devil by baptizing it. That was the thought of Pope Clement uh, the Eighth after drinking coffee, and and as we know, the rest is history. We've got we've got monks and monasteries making coffee now, sisters, religious sisters, who make coffee, and there's so many other connections to coffee and the saints. Um, but yeah, reactions to that. What do you think? He's a saint now, right? Like legit. Pope Clement VIII, I don't know if his cause for canonization is up. You can work well, on Well, I'm starting the cause. We're starting the cause for canonization. Co-signing. Yeah. There you go. That's we can start crazy. that. Um, yeah. What year oh, was that? I mean, How long ago was this? Um, that was in the 16th century, so oh, like around the 1580s. So, you know, um, New World's been around for about a century. And so, um, yeah, no, yeah that's, so. Uh, that's pretty mind-blowing. I uh, I didn't realize popes made declarations on beverages. <laughs> I didn't know the people felt that strongly that they'd take something like that to the pope. Um, yeah, well, at the time, at the time, you um, know, what's funny is that that is that where that whole, you know, baptizing of things came from, because I've heard that terminology used like today. Well, let's baptize it. I, I think its roots are in Augustine, okay. um, who um, who talked about uh, some bap- baptizing other things um, from other cultures. Okay. Um, and we see, I think, some of it in, in the work of um, uh of the lives of the saints, especially missionaries around the world. Um, when we look at things like, uh, the monstrance, um, you know, baptizing, uh, adoration of the blessed sacrament, uh, or, or taking people's devotion to the sun yeah. and, and, you know, redirecting it towards, towards, um, towards God. Right. We see, we see it played out in different parts of history, but it is, um, you know, that he, he, you know, is attributed to saying that I think shows, you know, yeah, there, there, Maybe it's a good caution for all of us in general as Catholics as we're learning different things. Like, you know, there's there's ways to find the, the good, the true, and the beautiful in it, right? Um, so do you think and, coffee can be used, you know, take out coffee, put a blank, fill that in with other things? Do you think that's too much license in today's day and age? I don't care do if mean? this is 
from the devil we can baptize him you know <laughs> i'm just you know in, in prudence and moderation well the thing is coffee wasn't from the devil we know that so. okay. well yeah yeah do we know that uh, it's pretty well, addicting so i don't know it does make me black money yeah well, it yeah. makes sense funny when they haven't had it. That's at least in my case. <laughs> we'll have to dig deeper on that, I think, in the future. But, yeah. but, but awesome. Um, you know, I, there's not too much to say about the patron saint of coffee, Saint Drogo. You've probably seen coffee shops who have um, yeah. kind of attributed him. Like it, the, the, it's one of those strange stories of how he became uh, a patron. Uh, he's associated with a miracle or um, about uh, you know having. Um, warm water uh, to drink um, that maybe have been flavored with like barley or those kind of things. But um, so it's, it, he's associated with warm drinks and he was associated with warm drinks for a long time. Warm or hot? And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a very good point. I need to, uh, I'll dig deeper. My research <laughs> did not go into whether or not St. Drogo drank his drinks warm or hot. Um Child's tenth, as I ordered at some coffee shops. Yeah, I, I know. That's, uh, that's why you get your your order at Starbucks is an americano, right? Because they can do a child's temp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so Saint Drogo uh, would drink his drinks at child's temp. No, <laughs> um, but yeah. So um, maybe maybe this is a good place. Uh, who? Well, I have one more person that I would I would say. But in general, besides Saint Drogo, do you, can you get who would you guys nominate as a patron saint of coffee? Whoa! Oh, that's a... I know that was a curveball question. I didn't even have that yeah. prepared. I'm like, I can nominate someone. My initial reaction is St. Francis because of the capuchins. Okay. Uh, just just based on their name and the color of their habit. Well, the coffee is based on their habit. So Exactly, exactly. You know, Cappuccino think, based know, on the color, hold, of the color of their habit. They need the whole drink after them. Might as well okay. just give them the title. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, Bob, I'm gonna anything? go. I'm gonna go with a uh, Saint Catherine of Siena, uh, my my okay. local parish of saints. Or uh, if you are who you are meant to be, you will set the beans on fire, and you oh, will roast them. roast them. Nice. Okay. Nice. Uh, my wife was not a fan of that joke. <laughs> she did laugh she's she's shaking her head at me. Nice. Aww. That's great. We'll play that back. We'll play that back in the, the future for for Heidi. She'll put it on repeat her favorite joke from our podcast um all right okay so those are your guys's um you know picks for patron saints of coffee i'm gonna uh, propose one um uh the venerable archbishop fulton sheen um you may have read some of his books but in 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 the seminary book that was, was popular of his was called uh, the priest is not his own and it's just kind of his reflections on on you know the priest is is meant to be for other people and what, what it means to be a priest in the world today and so he gives a lot of suggestions on a variety of different things, you know, you know, how to be charitable, how to respond uh, to gossip in the parish, those kind of things. But he has a section on how to make a holy hour. And this is how he starts his section. I'm just going to read it to you verbatim. If at all possible, the priest should make his daily holy hour before celebrating his mass. Now that the church's regulations on the pre-Eucharistic fast have been modified, he will be well advised to take a cup of coffee before he starts. 
The average American is physically, biologically, psychologically, and neurologically unable to do anything worthwhile before he has a cup of coffee. And that goes for prayer, too. Even sisters in convents whose rules were written before electric percolators were developed would do well to update their procedures. Let them have coffee before meditation. Archbishop Fulton Sheen, everybody, those Praise are his Lord. words about how to make a good holy hour, that we should be uh, alert biologically, physically, neurologically, and um, and coffee helps I us think. to do that. Yeah. Um, I, what do you think? Can we just I think me, he's yeah. a new front runner. <laughs> Either that or the devil has a really long, strong hold on him with that wow. devil drink. <laughs> Okay, fine. two options. At the turn, wow. we're praying for his That's cause. Um, um, well, there you have it. No, I, I, I think, I think it's very good practical. Um, and not, not coffee's not for everybody in terms of waking up. We know that, but I think in terms of a practical thing, he, I think there's, it, he makes a very, very yeah. cogent point that, that if it helps just, you focus on Jesus more. Go ahead, Bob. Um, Coffee's a good thing. I think you kind of touched on it earlier, Father Raj, about the origins of it. And just in my like little research on coffee, it was used like in the, you know, in the Islamic religion for them to stay up during their like long, long prayer session. So, I mean, there's, you know, there's some, there's a truth to it. I think that's uh, universal. Yeah, and 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 you know we do this in other ways. Um, we get our we get rest before, like the, we tell people to get rest before long vigils, or or even Jesus goes to rest um, before he does certain important things in the gospel. And so those other things that help us to do, do the mission well, I think I think they could be be good, such as coffee. I like yeah, how I he's that's like that's telling all good. the he's telling them to revise, like you know, <laughs> all you old all you older orders that you know the electric perk later hadn't been invented yet you guys now have a reason to go back and check your rules over and make sure you work that it i mean i know i, I found that very that's interesting awesome. also but, i mean that's how strongly great. he feels on about it you know it's he like did. let's do like yeah. a a revision of the constitution of every order that did not yeah. work uh, you know yeah. the invention of the oh, wow for coffee order. yeah yeah Let's go yeah. for it. Actually, that kind of points me to another uh, food fact that I, I wasn't going to share, but I, I figure you know we're talking about it. I might as well share. You guys, ready? you guys, this is an extra food fact. Are you can you can you Ooh. handle it? I'll try. Maybe I had coffee in the beginning of this. Handle it. <laughs> <laughs> so this wasn't one in the show notes, so you wouldn't have seen this. But do you guys know the tradition of uh, the double-handed coffee mug? No. And this is going to be a short fact. Is but that the, related uh, to a double fisting of coffee or no? Is that different? No, because that would be like two different mugs, right? Um, and I'll post this on the social. Uh, we'll post this on the social too. We'll have our interns do it. Um, but there is a, a, a tradition um, of having a double-handed handled coffee mug. And um, I'm, I'm reading this straight from Mystic Monk Coffee, which is a, um, a monastery um, produced coffee here in the United States by um, some Carmelite um, um, monks in Wyoming. And uh, they say this, it is a long-standing tradition that Carmelites drink coffee using both hands in Thanksgiving for the fruits of the harvest. So it's like part of their oh, life and their tradition okay. to like give honor to coffee and give honor to the harvest. And and um, so, yeah, that's so if you ever see a Wait, double-handed coffee right? mug, where the handle, like one on each like side? Opposite, yeah. Okay. yeah, exactly. One on each like, side. We'll why post would you it hold it? it? Okay, I was confused. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, that's um, nice. I think it's just, 
yeah, yeah. Praise God with both your hands. I think is the is the thought. Yeah. So, well, and then you uh, like till the, the you harvest and you work the field with both your hands too. I mean, that's yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Put both hands to the plow. That yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Don't look back. There you go. It kind of makes drink your coffee. Drink. <laughs> Don't look back, but drink your coffee. <laughs> that's exciting. So Catholic. go ahead, Bob. All right. It kind of just makes me think of, um, you know, despite my love for like fancy coffee, like I love like, you know, going to a Denny's or wherever and like ordering, you know, just plain, you know, diner coffee in a ceramic mug yeah. and like just holding it in both hands and feeling the warmth. Like it's just very comforting, like the double handed, like holding a, a steaming, not steaming hot, a warm mug mm-hmm. with, <laughs> yeah, but there's a, there's a no, comfort yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that too. I, I, yeah, those are some of my good memories too. We talked about it last time, actually, in in the donut episode. That that some, you know, some of my favorite coffee is actually, yeah, that diner donut shop coffee, just in a metal mug in a plastic uh, or metal canister or plastic mu- plastic cup or a not plastic cup. You can't drink coffee in a plastic cup. You can in Honduras. I'll say that. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Maybe we'll keep that. But in a mug and also, or, you know, yeah, having just a just basic coffee, there's something even simple and beautiful about that. Awesome. Well, I, th- I think, you know, maybe just um, wrap uh, this up in terms of all the wonderful things we've talked about at coffee already. What are some final thoughts? Why is coffee good? What are, why, what do we find true and good and beautiful about coffee? Uh, maybe something we haven't said or expanding on other thoughts. Yeah, so I think something that, you know, I just want to kind of wrap up on is the, the uh, especially with it being International Coffee Day that's coming up, the multi-cultural like, aspect of coffee, right? Like there's this common shared, you know, chemical structure with the caffeine and like, you know, they're on some of them they're all basic, right? But there's this beauty in uh, this like sharing of cultures. And I know we didn't get to delve into it that much, right? But like in origin, right? So a lot of this, mm. you know, there's a, there's a coffee mm-hmm. belt, right? Which is a very specific area of the world with, um, you know, a lot of our, uh, you know, uh, Hispanic brothers and sisters, like in Honduras and our African brothers and sisters, right? Ethiopia, Kenya, Rwanda, these are like great coffee growing regions. And so, um, you know, to, if you love coffee, you like to recognize the fact that it comes from these different places, you know, that with, there's this value in diversity in coffee, right? Uh, and then the other point I want to connect to that is just like the environmental nature of it, right? Um, we can get into it maybe on a future episode, but there's this uh, coffee growing regions are disappearing, right? Like they're mm-hmm. they're being challenged mm-hmm. by climate change. And so this, this uh, if you love coffee, right? Like, or if you adore coffee, sorry, if you adore coffee, um, there's a... Uh, you know, Real quick, Bob, I, I gave permission to people to use the word love on the show last episode. I don't know if you heard it. No, I did. I, I gave did. people permission. I, 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 I want to use it. Yeah. But, <laughs> we know what you mean when you say love. Yeah. So don't worry. Don't don't feel guilty about it. Go yeah. ahead. If you adore coffee, right, there's this uh, – you have this responsibility, right, to think about the regions that are producing this coffee, right, and um, to uh, make responsible decisions, right, which value the people mm-hmm. that are growing the coffee and exporting the coffee. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point, too. I mean, just to piggyback off what, off what Bob is saying is, some, you know, someone who lived in Honduras who I personally know a lot of coffee growing families, um, whether big, big, you know, coffee farms or small ones. I think we've seen kind of firsthand um, just how much 
the climate climate change has affected those grows even actually even the brew um the beans that we um we had today from temple if you go on their site they talk about la roya which is a specific kind of rust that affects a lot of the plants i remember that actually my mother-in-law had to she we she took a big hit from that specific type of um, disease she lost a lot of plants that way and it really affected their family and you know um, financially and that's a, something that not a lot of the smaller farms are able to bounce back from when that happens and it's things that you know in the climate that change that and i think also political factors i mean we're not going to go too much into like fair trade and all those things but i think on a level of just you know the fact that the things that we love come from somewhere and they come from the work of someone and to respect that and to honor that and to really ask yourself right like how can i also contribute to the good of the lives of other people who are helping me to have something that i love and um to enjoy this and now i sound like my dad talking about all the people who harvested the grains of rice but it's full circle right like it's true it is i love coffee i adore coffee and yes i think you know having personally known people who actually grow and harvest the the coffee i think it is an important thing to reflect on totally and um it's not something we're going to get dig dig more into this episode but hopefully in future episodes we'll look at that we'll look at what you know how we can respect and um and value the work of others, right? The labor in the fields, the the the, the work of human hands, right? To take a line from from uh, liturgy, um, but to 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 recognize that it does take work and sacrifice from other folks, and to recognize that we're not we're not separated from that. We've talked about that a little bit on other podcasts. That one of the things we hope to do in this in in this you know very small segment of the internet or whatever is to, to, to remind people that, you know, we're not disconnected from our food or, or our car drinks in this case, right? We, we have to recognize that, that, um, that we are connected to other actual human beings, um, that, um, that are, uh, our, our coffee, um, as much as much as we enjoy it, it is built on other people's sacrifices, and um, and so um, what a thanks for sharing that, Bob and and Cece for reminding us of that here at, at kind of uh, the close of our episode. But um, I'm gonna kind of. Uh, pivot a little bit about what I think is good and true about coffee on that same kind of a similar notion, but, but, um, this, the, the fact that for me, coffee has always been communal. Um, you know, CC didn't totally mention it at the beginning, but, uh, she wanted us to have a, a coffee shop kind of vibe of like us hanging out together. And, um, you know, this podcast wouldn't exist if, if CC and I never, um, you know, we, we didn't go out and drink coffee together at the, the, the wonder we have so many awesome shops in, in, in Sacramento. So, Shout out to them. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've done a lot of spiritual direction, both formal and informal in coffee shops. And um, so for me, there's something about, um, uh, you know, people being able to meet somewhere and maybe they order different things. Um, but there's there's just this connection between coffee. Actually, you know, I just thought about this now. Um, I was blessed for to, to have Ooh. Bob brew me a cup of coffee in, in Texas. In, in, in Texas. Um, That's right. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> we were uh, we were on uh, we were I was going to celebrate a um, a wedding for one of our good friends um, 
And, Ooh, uh, and we woke up that morning, we were staying at the same Airbnb, and, and Bob brewed me a cup of coffee. And uh, I think you I think use uh, Aeropress, right? Is I did use Aeropress, yeah. It's a great, great Aeropress. device for transportation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's how he brewed it for me, and it was, it was amazing. And I, I look forward to that day again, right? Wow. You know? <laughs> so one day my coffee is going to taste as good as that that cup of coffee in in, in some random Airbnb, Airbnb in Texas. Um, so um, uh, yeah, but there was uh, there was a bond there, a connection. Like I I, I would look back and. And thinking about the AeroPress, now I'm thinking about in the seminary every morning, um, one of the guys would brew coffee and, and um, they would use an AeroPress sometimes uh, or a French press. And uh, we had like our own coffee crew. So shout out, actually, shout out to Father EJ, who was part of the coffee crew, who you guys have heard him on the Hawaii episode. And, and we even had our own mugs and everything. So mm. like, I, in so many ways, coffee is communal and we are connected to other people, uh, that's the growers or the people we share a cup with. Um, so um, that's that's mm. what I think we should recognize and reflect more fully in coffee. Um, reflect on so. Well, awesome. Those were all wonderful thoughts about um, about the goodness of coffee and, and how we can respect and honor that. And uh, we're going to wrap up here with something we, we do on most of our episodes with our guests. Um, Bob, you've been an amazing guest. And so we're going to put you through this, um, as we do with all our guests, we're going to put you through this difficult thing at the end. Put you, you know, through this. I like the... Uh... <laughs> yeah. this. You've been great. So we're going to make you suffer no i'm just kidding we're gonna gonna go through this thing we call the snack attack um which is um you know a kind of a trivia thing and then you get to win some prizes all right so this is the snack attack okay bob for your snack attack in order to win either a hat or a t-shirt we're gonna put uh 60 seconds on the clock see if you can get that queued up 60 seconds. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. <laughs> you got some time. 60 seconds on the clock. I'm going to have you, you know what? I'm going to be generous. I'm going to give you two, two things. If you can name seven out of 10, you can get your choice of a hat or, um, uh, or shirt. And if you get all 10 correct, you can, you will get both. I redesigned right? my home screen and I can't find my apps. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she's, she's, hold on, hold on. It's just a timer. Just right open up my fun on Google. Leave, leave this in, Ethan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, 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 I found it. I found it. Okay, you got a timer for I sixty seconds. Widgets and look at that. One minute. Oh, widgets. Yeah, one minute. We're gonna give Bob one minute. He's gonna name as many as he can. If he gets seven, he gets either a hat or a shirt. If he gets all ten, he's gonna get. He's gonna get both. A famine fed hat and a t shirt. Lots um, of pressure. Lots, lots, and lots of pressure. But, Bob, I think you can do this. You've already kind of touched on so much of it already today. Um, so, I, I don't think you're not, I don't think you're going to have any issues with this. But, um, according um, to um, tea and coffee merchants, um, what is, are the top 10 coffee producing? countries Ooh. by metric ton top 10 producing um cough, coffee producing countries by metric ton we've got 60 seconds on the clock we're gonna cc cc start it over okay okay all right here we go and your time starts now uh brazil okay honduras guatemala okay costa rica ethiopia kenya Rwanda, Indonesia, Bali, 
uh, uh, Columbia. Um, is that 40 seven? Seconds, 40 seconds. So, you've, so far, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, right? You need four more. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. Uh, uh, Ethiopia, Rwanda. Yemen? No, it wouldn't be Yemen. Oh, my gosh. Brazil, Colombia. Oh, man. 20 seconds. Just start Mexico. naming places. Guatemala, yes. Honduras, Costa Rica, uh, Nicaragua. No. Oh, oh, three more. Three more. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Kenya. No, I said Kenya. Oh, my gosh. This is going to kill. Oh, my gosh. This is this is a question Six I thought it was going to be, and Six I can't seconds. even. Uh, Hawaii, United States. No. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. This is really embarrassing. No, no, it's okay. You did really well. You did really well, Bob. You got you got seven. So you got either a hat or a shirt. You can tell us. You can tell us what you want. A hat or a shirt. The three you missed, and and I'll listen back to the audio in case I missed you not saying it. But you did not say Vietnam, and you didn't say India or Uganda. You said a couple other um, um, African countries, but you missed Uganda, right? I did. Yeah, I did not think Uganda. I, I've had Uganda coffee. I did not think it was a top ten country, but I stand corrected. Yeah. So Vietnam, I'm surprised that. Vietnam, but yeah, it, actually Vietnam is number two. I was in, gonna, the, in the world, it, where the, their climate, I think, would actually be perfect for that. Well, and I think, I think they probably the, um, they're used more for like it, like I mean, in a different style, right? Vietnamese coffee is yeah. very, very popular, but they're probably may, maybe not as popular sending their beans for roasting in other parts of the world, right? Maybe yeah. even more in Asia, but it's actually number two, one point six metric tons. Wow. Vietnam produces a year. Brazil was number one, two point, almost 2.6 metric tons of, of coffee beans. But Bob, you did wonderful. Don't get down on yourself. This is just, just like we talked about. Failures are not the end. It just gives you a reason to strive forward to yeah, be more excellent. you had him stressed. He was fine. So he <laughs> knew how much time was left and he was stressed. Uh, no, because no. I, 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 that was a question. Remember I told you, Father, that was yeah. a question I thought it would be. And I was just thinking of like, I should have, yeah, I, yeah. I was I worried think, when you didn't mention Mexico. I was like, oh, he's not going to get that one. But, um, but you got yeah. that one toward the end. Um, but great work. Um, you know, if we have you back on next time um, for Coffee Part 2, you'll have to study some other obscure list. Yeah. Um, top coffee drinking com- countries in the world. I, don't know. I was thinking yeah. devices. He has this whole thing about oh, devices. That's in true. Oh, uh, yeah, we, can, we can run the snack attack right now. <laughs> <laughs> run it back. We'll do a different one. <laughs> he, wants to run, he, wants, he wants to win both. No. Yeah. We'll save it for next episode. If you want to hear uh, Bob do that snack attack, we'll check out the next episode of Coffee that we're going to do in the future. Um, but yeah, Bob, is there anything you want to promote? Anything you want to, you know, and are you you're starting a master class on? on uh, no. I don't have anything to personally promote, but I will, on behalf of all your local roasters, I beg you to keep visiting your local roasters. Mm. Uh, businesses was kind of affected, you know, during quarantine. So, uh, yeah, uh, support your local roasters. I'll plug them, whoever your local roaster is. There's somebody near you. You may not think there's somebody near you, but there's somebody near you roasting coffee, roasting great coffee, mm. probably. Awesome. You want to name just a couple of your favorite ones just to throw them out there? Uh, we don't get, yeah. we don't get anything back for it, but go ahead. Yeah, and I mean, so for people in the Solano County, uh, there's uh, Muschietti Coffee in Vallejo, which mm-hmm. does great like Saturday morning coffee cupping. So uh, it's a great place there. Yeah, obviously pre-COVID, but you can go there and try and sample all their coffees before deciding which one you want to buy. Um, 
post COVID obviously, but a uh, journey coffee company. I know we talk a lot about journeying that's in Fairfield mm-hmm. uh, and they have a Vacaville location also. You belong um, here or wait, no, you matter. What is it? Uh, you matter. You that's matter. right. You matter. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And so I think those are the two I'd like to plug here uh, close by. Those are two of my favorites um, awesome. and give, and give a, give roasting your own coffee beans a chance. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, maybe we'll get you to um, uh, maybe we'll get you to to film a video for us or something, Bob. Yeah, to, I'd love to see your um, routine of roasting coffee or just uh, like uh, brewing and roasting and everything, thing. anything. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it'd be so. Awesome. I, I was thinking actually for your ASMR section. You know, it's usually it's a snack attack, but the the sound of like coffee roasting in a little popcorn popper Ooh. it's pretty ASMR. It's like you know you hear the beans swirling and the cracking. It's pretty. I'll, maybe I'll record it and we can uh, yeah, I don't we know, can put it in somewhere in the podcast. Yeah, that that'd be great. That'd be great. Awesome. Well, that was our coffee episode, and want to say thank you again to Bob, our Catholic coffee connoisseur, CCC for short. Man, that's like the two of you guys combined. It's it's CCC CC. There's yeah. five five C's. <laughs> five C. We could and open a coffee shop. That'll be the name. Yeah. There we go. There we go. That's a good endeavor. But thanks, Bob. Any last words? Uh, no, thank you for having me. I am honored and humbled. <laughs> oh I adore you. I adore you both. I love you both. I love you both. And adore your podcast. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Thank Great. You. Yeah, can you just give them both the prizes? He's just winning, you know? <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'm going to give you both prizes. Yeah. Woo! And we're being generous. A reminder that we, we have a generous um, uh, we have a generous uh, giveaway. So do the giveaway. We have inf- instructions at the beginning of the podcast. But yeah, just shoot us a DM about your favorite story, your favorite um, thing about the podcast, and you enter in the running. And for anybody who sends us a message, you actually do get some stickers. So um, we're just being super generous here, um, just like our Lord um, turning water into wine and, and feeding the five thousand. So we're, we're trying to be generous in that way so yeah hit us up on our instagram famine fed or famine fed at urbanpicks.com with an email um, but that's our show coffee mm. yep hebrews <laughs> it's like oh wait i'm supposed to say something <laughs> it's the coffee i'm like what's going on i don't know it's, are we still doing something <laughs> come to the table and stay fed fam <laughs> oh that's great Fam and Fed is a production of Urban Picks, all things to all. You can find all of our content on our website, www.urbanpicks.com slash famandfed. Please like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to contact us, send us an email at famandfed at urbanpicks.com or leave us a comment on the Urban Picks website. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.